This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, October 18th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Ag groups plead with DPR over 1-3-D regs. Mexico tries to persuade Dems on USMCA. And Kudlow qualifies Chinese promises. Growers fear DPR will regulate 1-3-D out of existence. The Department of Pesticide Regulation held its first public meeting to gather comments on its potential new regulations for the soil fumigant 1-3-D or Telone. Early next year, DPR may implement interim regulations, making them permanent in summer. That, according to Assistant Director Karen Morrison, they could include 3,500-foot buffer zones, mandatory tarping for 14 days, and 40-acre limits, among other options. The actions are in response to a one-time spike in parlier of just one part per billion above DPR screening level, which was out of more than 3,000 readings. Jim Baxter, a regulatory affairs manager at Dow, said the threshold of 110 parts per billion was already well below what U.S. EPA data would determine as safe at 2,500 parts per billion. He compared it to the nation setting a 70 miles an hour speed limit while California sticks to 3 miles an hour. The economic benefit of 1-3-D, Bacter estimated, is about $234 million per year in California, along with nearly 3,000 jobs spread across rural communities. Jody DeVores of Western Ag Processors questioned DPR's modeling protocol. She said when specific factors are left out, EPA models have overestimated values as much as four times. Renee Panel, CEO of the Western Plant Health Association, on a similar note asked, when did screening levels become regulatory targets? She sat in meetings in the early 2000s when the air monitoring network was introduced as a tool to supplement DPR investigations. She said, this race to do this more extreme statewide regulation does not fit the situation DPR is presenting. Al Crane, who grows walnuts about 300 miles away, testified he had never heard of any exceedance issues in his area. He suggested limiting applications just within the Parlier and Shafter areas. Crane also asked DPR not to regulate 1-3-D practically out of existence until an alternative is found. The Almond Board's Gabrielle Ludwig said almond growers have already invested more than $5 million into that research. Resistant rootstocks may be promising, but take up to 30 years to develop. She said the challenge, we really don't know what's going on in the soils, since more than 60% of the microbes have yet to be identified. Denise Moore of Fowler Nursery said without 1-3-D or an alternative, they won't be able to certify their trees are clean before they sell them to growers. Moore said she's been going to workshops on alternatives since she was a kid, and no other solution to nematodes found other than flooding a field and six feet of water. Representing table grapes, Jean-Marie Pelletier shared the cautionary story of when Pierce disease wiped out the entire grape industry in Anaheim before resistant rootstock was found. You can read more on DPR's mitigation proposals at agripulse.com. Mexico makes big push for USMCA with House Dems. The Mexican lobbying effort to convince House Democrats to support the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement intensified yesterday. 
Mexican Undersecretary for North America, Jesus Seade, met with aides to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Ways and Means Chairman Richard Neal, promising that Mexico is following through on its USMCA promises to improve labor conditions. Seade even hand-delivered a letter from Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador to Neil, spelling out what the country is doing to meet House Democrats' concerns, including funding for labor reform in Mexico's budget. The labor reforms that are underway today will put Mexico at the forefront of labor rights in Latin America and will guarantee union democracy and the rights of union members, as has not been done in more than three decades, Obrador said in the letter. Meanwhile, negotiations between House Democrats and U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer over the trade pact have ramped up this week. The working group, led by Neil to negotiate demands, met with Lighthizer both Wednesday and yesterday, and an unprecedented third meeting in one week is scheduled to happen today. The opportunity to work with Republicans and ratify USMCA, despite the turmoil surrounding the impeachment inquiry on Capitol Hill, is a strong motivating factor for Democrats, Neil said. What we have already done is better than what NAFTA represents at this moment. This is not in dispute. The question is, can we move it along even more? And I think we can. But Neil stressed, there's still a ways to go. And he declined to predict whether a House vote could be held before Thanksgiving. White House official qualifies China trade agreement. President Donald Trump announced last week that China had pledged to purchase 40 to 50 billion dollars worth of U.S. ag commodities on an annual basis. But National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow offered a more nuanced explanation yesterday. China has promised to purchase a lot more U.S. soybeans, sorghum, wheat, and other commodities. But much of the increase in trade is predicted to take place as a result of China agreeing to tear down non-tariff trade barriers, Kudlow said in a CNBC interview. It's something that was agreed upon, Kudlow said, about the 40 to 50 billion in Chinese imports. I think it's a real number. It's not going to be just ag purchases, although that's going to be a huge boost to our farm sector. There's also going to be market access openings with respect to agriculture products and agriculture standards that the Chinese seem to be loosening up on. That's a huge piece of it. Tax data shows how farm income has fallen. New data from the Internal Revenue Service, analyzed by agriculture accountant Paul Neifer, gives some new insight into how much farm income fell off since many commodities hit highs earlier this decade. Based on the latest data from Farmers Schedule F filings, farmers reported a net loss of about $15.2 billion in 2017, up from a loss of about $2.2 billion in 2013, and a net gain of $200 million in 2012. The data did not include farms that file as corporations and partnerships, but the trend for those entities is likely to be the same, Neifer wrote. Interim hemp rule coming soon. The Department of Agriculture plans to issue a final interim rule for the National Hemp Program within the next couple of weeks. We have been in the interagency clearance process now for over 90 days, working with our federal colleagues through the Office of Management and Budget process to get input. That Deputy Ag Secretary Steve Sinsky at a Senate Ag Committee hearing yesterday. By the way, Sinsky also said $5.5 billion in market facilitation program payments have been made to farmers since the Farm Service Agency began issuing checks the week of August 19th. 
He said the department was still deciding whether to release another tranche of payments. Producers have until December 6th to sign up for MFP. Western growers select Dave Puglia as president and CEO. Puglia will succeed Tom Nassif, who is retiring in February after 18 years with Western Growers. In a statement, WGA board member Ron Rado said, Tom Nassif was the right leader at the right time for our organization and the industry. Puglia joined the Fresh Produce Association in 2005, serves as executive vice president. Before WGA, he was vice president of APCA Worldwide, a global public affairs consulting firm, and served for seven years in the California Attorney General's office, first as press secretary and later as public affairs director. And reflecting on his years at WGA, Nassif said, I'm proud of the major strides we have taken as an industry during my tenure, and it brings me great satisfaction knowing that the future of our association is secure in the hands of Dave Puglia. Here's today's He Said It. Do we want to talk about having plastic all across the San Joaquin Valley and then come up with ways to recycle? That Jean-Marie Pelletier questioning the trade-offs with DPR's proposal of tarping all 1-3-D applications. California applies more than 12 million pounds of 1-3-D a year. Meanwhile, the legislature will take up bills in January to ban some single-use plastics. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, October 18th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.